As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The following program is being broadcast on the Amazing Women of Power, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. This show contains motivational language and may not be suitable for negative listeners. And passing it along to you, it's Strong Rider on the radio. I had the blues, but I made it better, baby. And that's why I wrote this song. And now you can sing along. My mind's made up to kick off the new season with a bunch of brand new episodes and interview some fresh, awesome new guests, just like the one that's about to call in right now. Hello, this is Dean. Hello, Dean. Yes, sir. Is this Thomas? Thomas Gabriel. Oh, Thomas, nice to meet you. How are you? Nice to meet you. Good, how are you? Good. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I need to introduce myself and officially start the show. My name is Dean Olson. I'm a songwriter, radio host, and producer from Orange County, California. And I call myself the Strong Writer on the Radio, helping songwriters and artists keep musically fit. And the way I love to do this is through faith and encouragement. And also by learning from the best in the business and passing it along to you. And I'll tell you what, this is a good day because it's not all the time that I get to talk to a musical artist who happens to be part of a legendary musical family. Thomas Gabriel is adding some new chapters to his life and his already compelling story. You're going to like this one. And I'm really thrilled that he's taken some time to call me and share that story with me today. So... That's a pretty short introduction. Let me welcome singer-songwriter Thomas Gabriel to my show. Thomas, it's an honor. Hello, How, Dean. How's your day going today? Going good. Going good. You've been busy these days. I, I've been uh, following you on uh, social media, and you had a fan page created for you on Facebook, and I've been following all your travels. Uh, you're not sitting still very much these days, are you? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I used to do that constantly. Now it's like... Uh... 
I can only dream of having yeah. time to sit around. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, this, since I have so much uh, limited time with you, and I'm putting a timer so I don't ramble too much, but all I have to go on is this crazy piece of paper with some of your bio on it. I understand it was kind of scribbled at the last minute. You're you're really starting to do, uh, I think you're getting going on a whirlwind tour. That's putting it mildly. I've, I've been watching you. You've been uh, performing and doing some press and taking pictures and <laughs> and we'll get to all that yeah. so, the paper tells me a lot but i think it's best to just get the lowdown from the man himself so right. um, maybe we could start at the beginning i'm sort of withholding that part where i just talked to everybody about you being in a famous family i thought i'd let you break the news uh, oh go for okay. it okay <laughs> all right well uh right i was born uh to kathy cash um there you go which is obviously johnny cash's second daughter uh-huh uh, it's roseanne kathy Cindy Tara. So my mother is his second daughter um, from his first wife. And that's what people confuse a lot, lots of times is from his first wife, which was Vivian. Right. Um, right. Roberto. That's, that was my grandmother. And uh, there you have it. She was extremely young when, when she had me. So, you know, my grandparents were took over a large part of, of uh, bringing me up and, uh, um, you know, my dad wasn't around a whole lot, so I spent a lot of time with both both grandparents, actually. So, yeah, I mean, grew up a lot on the road and um, the whole tour bus, motel, hotel type thing. Interesting. And uh, so it's kind of crazy that I decided to get into it myself, I think. Yeah, well, boy, there's quite a story there, but I'm glad you, uh, nobody really told me which, who was your mother, and uh, now I know it's Kathy. I, process of elimination, I know it hadn't, I saw you with uh, your Aunt Cindy, and I knew it wasn't her, and then I knew it wasn't Roseanne, for sure, and right. uh, and I go, if it was your Aunt Tara, I go, well, now we're getting close to my age, I don't know how young you are, but right. uh, <laughs> it had to be somewhere in there, so so Kathy's the one. I never could figure that out, so thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah that. People, that confuses people a lot. Plus, uh, you know, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but if you look at my mother, it's got uh, on her Wikipedia page, it says that she's got two children, which are my little brother and little sister. So I don't know what happened there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I did people look, get confused a lot. I think I did look that up because I was telling my wife when I was, when we were talking about getting an interview, I said, this is, this is great. Now, where is he? I can't find him. <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah. I, I, I called her the other day and I said, uh, I said, hey, you've got a really nice Wikipedia. Uh, why am I not on it? And she was like, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. So, yeah, I don't know. So you got but, a couple, how many siblings do you have? Two siblings? I've got uh, two uh, half-siblings. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Got oh. it. So, yeah, the the Cash family is large, and it's uh, oh, they're man. all over the place. And uh, I, I can't even keep up with it. <laughs> and what's interesting, at least this is what I was told. I figured maybe you can tell me more. You guys have these uh, reunions. The Cash family gets into a reunions. I don't know if they're yearly or whenever they decide to do them, but... They all get along, though, I heard. Is that okay to say? Is it good? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when we have, when we do get together, everybody gets along just fine. It's just, uh, you know, interaction any other time is, is we've got, you know, we've got family all over the map. Yeah. Um, from my Aunt Roseanne and her family, which is in New York, to my Aunt Cindy and her family, which is in California, my Aunt Tara's in, in uh, Oregon, I'm in Tennessee, uh, my mother is also in Tennessee. So we're all all over the place. Yeah. So yeah. Well, great. So Johnny Cash. What did you call him? Did you uh, call him Grandpa, Granddad? What was your name for him? Uh, you know, when I was little, it was uh, Papa. And okay. then, uh The older I got, he was just 
plain, boring grandpa. So, <laughs> so for this purpose, if when I refer to him, I'll call him your grandpa. That does that work? Yeah, that's okay. what I, that's what I do. Yeah, so yeah, everybody's got different. You know, your pappy or your papa. Or, right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I guess uh, interesting that you got a career going here. I don't know. Uh, I was told that you're sort of embarking on a new chapter here. Like you're kind of debuting, but it, at the same time, it looks like you've been performing and you know and doing shows and stuff for quite a while. So I, I, are you a newbie or are you a <laughs> What's going on? You know, on? I, I, I really am. I, in the early 90s, I had put together a little EP and was trying to play out and get some, uh, you know, get that out. And I had gone to my grandpa and said, uh, you know, hey, I've got this EP. You know, would you listen to it? I was really proud of it. And, of course, I was only 19 or 20, about right in there. So I was 20. I know it. For fact, I was 20. Uh-huh. And uh, he listened to it. And a couple of days later, he got back to me and said that, uh, he said, look, you know, this is pretty good. So you need to work on some things, but this is pretty good. But you're young to the point where, you know, I don't, I want you to get a backup plan first. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want you to put all your eggs in this basket. You know, so let's do this first. Let's get you a game plan. He said, I, I've been thinking, I, he said, I think you'd be a good police officer. Uh, well, he said cop. You know, he said, I yeah. think you'd be a good cop, which was surprising to me because when i was younger i got in a lot of trouble you know right and uh, so it surprised me a bit and he had already set it up for me to talk to one of his guards that was also a police officer he was off duty he worked for my grandpa doing security hmm. so he already had that plan so needless to say like a month later i was signed up going to the academy wow so you i did, did that for eight years <laughs> almost eight years and uh you know, when when you're a cop, especially a young cop, I was good. I mean, I had a really good, uh, did really well in the academy. I moved up um, when I got on the road. And I went to uh, corporal, and then uh, about the time I got out of it, I was going up to sergeant next. But, you know, I was uh, taking pills to stay up at night because I worked midnight. Oh. And I was taking pills to go to bed. I was drinking a lot and being a young guy and you know, I was not exactly good in my marriage, and I messed up, and I had wow. to uh, resign. And when I resigned, I immediately fell into hard chemical use and addiction. And that year alone, I was arrested 17 more times. Ah, oh, Thomas, man. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even remember it. I really don't. Really? Yeah, you, um, were, you were so uh, strung out on the on the stuff. Is that why? Yeah, yeah. I was I was just taking all these pills and drinking constantly and staying up for days at a time and you know basically uh, I've got the same um, addiction as my grandfather does you know as actually the whole family does yeah and yeah most I know of us are in re- recovery but you know needless to say so I I got really strung out and that lasted for you know as long as it really could until I. Get, just wound up getting in more trouble, and I ended up going to prison. And good grief! I ended up doing nearly a decade in prison. You're kidding! Wow! Uh-uh. This is all before you were 30 that you got thrown in prison. Well, no, um, actually, the first time uh, when I resigned, I was I was 30. Oh, okay. And then after that, it was just downhill all the way. So, so you know, I uh, got out of prison and was still pretty active in my addiction and you know that that never that never ends well yeah. so i had gotten to uh gotten to the point where 
I was borrowing money to get motel rooms and never really accomplishing much. And I, in prison now, in prison, I was probably more productive than I had been in years because I got back into my music and I had my uh, mother's ex-husband, which I'm still close to, send me a guitar. Uh-huh. And so I had a guitar in prison. I wrote, I mean, hundreds of songs in prison. Oh, and, you know, actually some of the songs on the album I wrote in prison. Yeah, let me tell you what they do. They have that dark sound to them, so it looks like you were yeah, you were emoting. Yeah, there's, not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of happy uh, songs. <laughs> no, you know, I get asked about that a lot, but you know, the the album is more of a it's kind of a uh, it's a timeline, you know. And if you pay attention to the song list, it does it. It is a timeline. It's kind of uh, from childhood until now, and uh, and then the next album might be happier because that will be from that point on. You know. So so far we haven't so, got we haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Under the yellow moon they all watched as he walked on by. Past every front porch along Main Street, everybody felt just fine. He heard their whispers on the wind, ain't it a shame he'll never change, never change, never change. But every village needs a fool and every sinner needs someone to blame. They sent him back to Hickman County, where they never call you what you were before. Goodbye, number 1974. Fifteen summers came and went before he blew back in. But home just wasn't home, the ground was hard and the air was thin. They heard the sirens on the wind, ain't it a shame he'll never change, never change, never change. But every village needs a fool and every sinner needs someone to blame. They sent him back to Hickman County, where they never call you what you were before. Goodbye, number 1974 Over the years the story faded and the legend grew Old 1974, they all love to look down on you I'd like to think you know the hand that you were dealt Ain't in the shame, they'll never change, never change But every village needs a fool And every sinner needs someone to blame They sent him back to Hickman County 
Where they never call you what you were before Goodbye number 1974 Although you appear to be, like, you know, you got some optimism in your, uh, at least uh, oh, what, what I see absolutely. from here now. But, you know, the songs are reflecting, uh, you know, that time that you're uh, you're probably trying to purge that from. But, you know, you don't want to let go of that because uh, that was a big part no, of your No, never, never, never. Yeah. I don't ever want to forget it. It's, it's actually, uh, you know, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. If I had to go back and do it again, I guess I'd have to. I'm a, I, yeah, not, you know. not to be too naive, but uh, did you clean up when you were in prison? Did you get clean? When I was in prison, you know, I I did, I did, I did well. Yeah. Um, I really kind of spent time to myself and and a lot of inflection. The first, actually, I went to prison twice. I went the first time and I didn't do anything productive whatsoever. I was bitter and I was uh, still in denial about things. And I was, you know, I didn't get it the first time. And then I violated parole. I got out on parole. And violated parole after I think ten months, nine or ten months. Uh-huh. And when I went back the second time, that's when I got it. That's when I made my connection, you know, spiritually, and that's when things started to change drastically. And yeah. when I got out, like I said, I got back into addiction a little bit, but um, you know, I got to the point where I was, like I said, I was borrowing my money for my mother to get motel rooms, and I wasn't really accomplishing much. And I wanted to do music, and I had this guitar, you know, I was carrying around with me, and I kept trying to write, and I was just, my my brain was too polluted, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sitting in this motel room one night, and I was pacing back and forth. I, I had gotten one of those uh, handicap rooms where it's wider, everything's wider, because I had a motorcycle, and I pulled it in there with me and shut the door, and I was just kind of barricaded myself in. Wow. And I had enough to, I had enough... Uh, liquor and I had enough uh, drugs to get me through that night and I just figured tomorrow you know maybe I'll just try to do it all tonight and there won't be a tomorrow I got to the point where I just didn't want to wake up anymore uh, yeah so I got down and prayed about it and everything and I had this moment of clarity then it went away and I went back to my pacing well uh-huh. about an hour goes by and the phone rings and my mother which I don't know how she knew where I was at but I thought it was the front desk complaining about my bike being in there. Huh. But my mother was on the phone, and so I answered it, and she said, hey, there's a guy that wants to talk to you. And being me, anytime you're a strung-out grandson or granddaughter, I'm sure, of, of anybody famous that's passed especially, and they want memorabilia, they look for the weakest link of the family and say they probably want some money, they're kind of strung out, right. and I had already gone through that. I didn't have anything left. You know what I mean? Yeah. You. So that's what I thought she was calling me for, saying somebody was looking for me to try to buy something. Oh. So I said, well, I don't have anything, and I don't have, I don't need to talk to anybody, and I hung up on her. She tried to call me back, and that didn't work out. So a while later, the phone rings again, and it's this guy that had been wanting to get in touch with me, and his name was Brian Oxley, which is also the executive producer of the album. Hmm. But he didn't know me. I didn't know him. He didn't even know who Johnny Cash was until like six years ago. He grew up as a missionary in Japan, and he came here, and somebody turned him on to my grandpa, and he said, look, I'm not even a fan of the music much. I'm just a fan of the man. And I got to look into his family, and you're missing. And I yeah. said, well, there's a good reason for that, you know. And he said, I want to help you out. And I said, well, you know, that's been tried. He said, no. He said, if you'll give me a chance, I don't want anything from you. I'd like to help you out. 
I said, well, what do you got in mind? He said, well, if you meet me tomorrow, and I said, well, that's the problem right there. I'm not really planning on there being a tomorrow. And he said, no, if you'll meet me tomorrow, I got some things I want, I want to talk to you about. So he talked me into it, and the next day I met him. And he said, I want to send you to a rehab. He said, what do you really want to do? You know, what, what's your goal? And I said, I just want to get back to my music. He said, I'll tell you what, let's get you cleaned up first. Let's get you in a better spot. And once we do that, then we'll work on the music. Got it. So I went to rehab, and I, that was the 21st time I'd been to rehab. Wow. And Yeah, <laughs> I've been to rehab 20, 21 times, and I've been to, I don't even know, I don't even want to think about how many mental hospitals. Yeah. I'd already been the ward, a ward of the state at one point. I'd been um, prison twice, countless jails and countless cities. You know, it was just, I was a hopeless case. And I'd already written myself off. Wow. Well, so I go to rehab thinking, you know, this right here uh, will work. And for about, you know, a month, I'll stay in here. And then I'll last about three months. And then I'll go back out and do it again. It's what I had done for since I was in junior high. So I went to this, uh, for the first time ever, I went to a, a, a long-term facility after my initial rehab. Okay. And eventually started working there. And the next thing you know, I'm counseling. And next thing, it's been like a year a year that I was there. Oh, okay. Very cool. It worked. Which was totally different from all the other times. So Brian called me back and said, uh, all right, well, you've been clean a year. Are you ready to work on your music? I said, absolutely. He said, well, I've got a song I wrote, and it's kind of about your story. And I said, okay. And I went and listened to it, and it was 1974. And that's one of the uh, singles on the album. Jeez. Wow. Hey, thank you, Thomas. That's a, uh, within about 10 minutes of us talking here, you told me my heart's almost stopping from this. This is, <laughs> and it sounds, and you tell the story so well, probably because you were there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a first hand. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you, since you brought up your mom, and that was, uh, I'm glad you had put her in the story there a little bit, because even today, is your is your relationship strained, or is there has it always been okay from well, that? Well, you know, um, I had been in active addiction for so many years and burned so many bridges, and so it really did take a toll on every relationship I'd ever had, you know, yeah. um, especially with my mother, you know, and... So she had gotten to a point where she had cut that tether and yeah and yeah. removed herself and everybody else in my family had too and and I don't blame them one bit. Yeah, she had you to know, pr- she had probably had to protect that. herself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean that's I understand that now. Of course then I did, you know, I was bitter for a long time about that, but looking back at it and looking at it now, but, I mean there's still relationships that I'm I'm trying to slowly, you know, mend in my family, but you know, it's um it's like this. This is the first time that I've ever had any, you know, almost three years now clean. And, I mean, of course it's going to take a while. I mean, I, I'd be leery as well, you know. Yeah. But wow. the thing is, one thing that I had never done before that I've done now is I carried around all this baggage. I carried around all this um, guilt, you know, from my kids going without me and to uh, doing everybody wrong or, you know, do, just living the way I had, you know, knowing it wasn't right. So I carried around all this guilt, which is what I tried to cover up every day. Uh-huh. So I got rid of that. And now that I've gotten rid of that, I really don't have a reason to escape anymore, you know? Bless you. Fantastic. When I'm don't hurt anymore, poison's what I've become. Can't imagine again 
Going back to where I began is just no use. Veins are pulsing my skull. I can't get it under control. If it's the beginning of the end, I just pray it begins. It's just a I like your name, the two names, Thomas Gabriel, a saint and an angel. I think you needed them. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. totally agree. You know, we picked up the story probably at 19 years old when you, uh, you know, your grandpa said to go, uh, you know, join the force or something like that. And, you know, the troubles didn't really start there, did they? I, I understand you got into uh, drinking the liquor at an early age. Yeah, I, um, I had actually started drinking when I was, well, honestly, from like as long as I can remember. Like uh, first, second grade, if I could sneak something, I would. Yeah. You know, I was one of those kids that, uh, you know, I'd, every opportunity I had, which was a lot, I I would, uh, you know, always try to get that feeling back, you know. Wow. That escape, like I said. Because I always had problems with uh, depression and all as a child. And so I was always looking for that escape. But by the time I was 11 years old, I had already manipulated my way to where I could get it regularly and daily, and I was using, I was drinking daily, and along with anything else I'd get in touch with. Wow. And by wow. the time I was 13, uh, my grandfather introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, I started really early, really fast. You know, I was like this overwhelming urge at all times to do something, you know, get, get rid of whatever I had going on inside me Yeah. and whatever that was, I don't know. So it started really young and I don't think that I really, until the last, these last couple of years, I don't really think I ever even went the three month period went any longer than that growing up. And like, except for like in prison, it was harder to do, but yeah, you know, it's amazing how in prison you can, you can do a lot of things too. Yeah. Um, wow. But the just first to, I was in there, I did. Yeah. Just chemically just trying to, trying to grow up in your teenage years, have already haven't gone through this side and no wonder. You yeah. Just, <laughs> right. How old are you now, Thomas? How old are you? I'm 45. 45. I kind of put that together when you said all this time you spent, you spent like a decade in prison and stuff. So yeah, yeah. you've lived a, you've lived a lifetime and you're still here. So, uh, <laughs> cheers to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm still here. I, um, and you know what? Uh, it's amazing how I always thought I would be, my body would just be worn out and damaged, you know? Yeah. And I've had, I've had two minor heart attacks. I've had a stroke. Oh, I've no. had, you know, I've got an enlarged heart. I've got a, I've got some uh, kidney and liver damage, but it's, I haven't had a problem. It's, it's amazing. It's like the longer I've been clean, just and eating right and, and taking care of myself, that it's amazing how I, I haven't had any problems. Oh, excellent. I'm glad we can uh, sort of close off this first segment by, uh, you know, because, boy, we were, we were getting depressed there for a second for you. Cause my, yeah, yeah, quite a It does get better. No, but yeah, that's the good part, and it's going to yeah. get better in the next part. So hang on, uh, hang on, Thomas, and we'll go right into it and uh, talk about some of this music. Hopefully you'll uh, tell us how you wrote yeah. this stuff and uh, right. some of the stuff that's coming up. i really like to hear about it. So hold on, please. Sure. Thomas right. Gabriel. And by the way, uh, do you have any idea how do you get a hold of this? Uh, how do people find you? Is you have a website? Do you have uh, anything like you that? You can go to you can go to thomasgabriel.com. Uh huh. Or you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, on all of the outlets. Our album is out there on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, um, Eleven tracks, all original, all original music. Beautiful. And uh, that's I, so that's iTunes, uh, CD Baby, uh, all of those. Excellent. So I'm okay. pretty easy to find. <laughs> Great. Okay, Thomas Gabriel, hold on, and we're going to come right back. And so endeth part one. His website, one more time, thomasgabriel.com. Please go check out his music and check out these shows. The guy is touring all the time. See if he's coming to a town near you. The man works hard, and he has developed a huge following. That's the oldest grandson of Johnny Cash, Thomas Gabriel. Okay, on to part two, but we got to end this show right now. So, Strong Writer on the radio is on Facebook. Archived episodes of this show and previous shows can be accessed on SoundCloud. Just type in Strong Writer on the radio or Strong Writer Dean. And there are plenty of new ways to listen. The show is expanding. You can listen on iTunes and iHeartRadio, to name just a couple. Go to your search engine like Google and type in Strong Rider Podcast, and you can listen for free. Please subscribe, by the way, on iTunes. Let me know how you like the show. Of course, you're going to give it five stars, right? Of course. You heard this Thomas Gabriel interview. How can you go wrong? These are fantastic guests, and they always have some great things to share. The kind of things that you will hear in part two of my Thomas Gabriel interview. So... Until then, everybody, this is Dean Olson, the Strong Rider on the radio, signing off for now and saying to you all, let's all put our best pants forward, just like Thomas, and be strong riders together. Now, go forth. Have a wonderful weekend. 
God bless, take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye now. You've been listening to Strong Rider on the radio with your host, Dean Olson, on the amazing women and men of power. World's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.